the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. The following program is sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning, and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, and owner and operator, as you all know, of Next Steps for Seniors, the business. And near and dear to my heart are seniors. And it's because I don't know why it is. I think when I was a little kid, my grandparents I used to take care of. And I've always had a passion. I have so much respect and honor for our seniors. And they've done so much for us. So it's time for us to give back and to help them. And that's why we're here today is just to help educate, to advocate, and really just share information with you. And our guest today is from Healthful Solutions. Uh, she is an educator, and her name is Vicki Clanky. Good morning, Vicki. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, we're so glad that you're here. Um, she is a nurse consultant educator and has her own business and does so much for our seniors and a certified dementia practitioner in addition, which is really, and a Tipa Snow trainer certification. So Tipa Snow is an amazing person, isn't she? I love her. The passion that I have for education um, is so important to me. And when I took her certification, I learned so much. And now I can share um, my knowledge, experience of 45 years as being a nurse um, to so many people, which I'm so excited. I'm going to have a six-hour Saturday program that 10 to 12 people will be there, caregivers, family members, and so forth. Um, and we're going to learn everything you want to know about dementia that was was afraid to ask. That is critical. And I just want everyone to know that mm-hmm. November is National Family Caregivers Month. So in case, you, in case you didn't already know that, you do now. And that is why Vicki is here, because 
we care about our caregivers. Absolutely. They go through so much. We care about our seniors, but we care about the people caring for them also. Um, it's definitely a challenge. So do you want to tell our listeners about this day or can we do that later in the program? The day for the oh, absolutely! Care. It's yeah. really I love that. Um, in our twelve months, we always have recognition of a special program or a special group of people: Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and. This month, we have National Caregivers. And you know what? As a caregiver, you do not get enough credit, and you don't get enough support and help. And that is one of my passion is to be able to educate. Just a little background, I really believe in when you're educating people that you listen, learn, and grow. And I always say you have to have fun learning and growing as an individual because I truly believe that um, education is critical for the quality of care. Amen. And supporting not only our caregivers, our professionals, and the community. So that's what I'm always excited about. Just a little bit of information. Um, I have 44 years of experience as a registered nurse, and my main goal is really advocating for individuals, promoting health and wellness, uh, education, community resources, and important of being proactive instead of reactive. You don't wait to the last minute to try to make decisions because you're not going to be very successful. Exactly. And I want to thank you for your mm-hmm. service because that's a lot of years that you've poured into so yes. many different people over the course of time. Absolutely. And we need you thank and we you. need good nurses, especially we now. Do. So thank you for what you do. My pleasure. My programs are for caregivers, as I said, professionals and community. And the thing is, anybody can set up a program with me mm-hmm. um, because I do them in the libraries churches, uh, independent, assisted livings, memory care, senior centers, hospitals, and a lot of businesses will use it as a marketing tool to bring in people in their own community in which they do business. Right, right, right. And I think that's really important. It is, it is. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about our caregivers and the art of, of caregiving. I mean, truly, there's so much that goes into it. You know what? You're absolutely right. And in my years, I've been a major caregiver to many people, in uh, just in nursing in general, but even to my mother-in-law. Um, my dad had um, two strokes and passed, and then we took care of my mother with Alzheimer's. God bless you. I know. And I'm so, so we sorry. really learned. You really learn a lot, and you really find out what your passion is. It's not unusual for people to call me a hundred times and ask me what my opinions are, what my experiences, and I think I'm really blessed to be able to help people, and it really makes me feel good. So the thing that's interesting is that most people entering the caregiving. Um, arena uh, thinking that they're putting their, they don't realize that they're putting their health in trouble. And I think this is probably the scariest part. When I did um, home care in the home, you know what? I never worried about the patient, the client, whatever their name is. I always worried about the caregiver and to try to find out what are they doing to take care of themselves, which is so important. People who provide care to the frail and needy um, really has a tendency that they are putting their health at risk because of the high stress for a long period of time. We really, women especially, we skimp on self-care. We're not the best people to take care of ourselves. Everybody else takes the priority, which is pretty scary, and we haven't really changed a lot, I think, over the years. 
Um, caregiving tends to be unique. The thing that's really fun uh, when I think about caregiving is that caregivers have a special personality, and I'm one of them also. It's being empathetic, the empath personality. And, and I'm just going to add, mm-hmm. I, I find it amazing that that's the word you used because it is, it is a special quality. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has empathy. And they don't. Now, uh, if you look at statistics, we can be taught how to be more empathetic, which I think is pretty interesting that people don't realize that. Um, so they can work on it to be kind and nice. Um, so the, the people that are very empathetic, they're sensitive, they're responsible, um, they love to help people, they like to motivate them, and they get deep satisfaction in doing right by their loved ones. The thing is, there's also a negative. People can drain you. You can uh, be burnt out yourself. You can be overstressed, and one day you wake up and think, oh, my gosh, I have too many things going on. Okay, I'm how many people is she talking to right now? Because I know she's talking to me. I am. But, but this is it. This mm-hmm. is You are 1,000% exactly correct. Absolutely. So I think the main thing is when we're taking care of um, other people, family members, and so forth, um, we're finding that... Um, it, there, it's usually in the midlife that we're doing it. And think about it. We have children. We have grandchildren. Now we're caring for our parents. Or we have a profession that we care um, for people. So caregivers really are under a great deal of psychological stress. And we need to be able to support them and help them on how to manage that um, stress level. Yes, and let me tell you, it's very easy to get carried away and to forget about yourself because Mm. you're pouring into someone else. And it really is critical, caregivers, because if you go down, everybody goes down. That's right. It's definitely important that we do take care of ourselves, and we really need to sit back and say, you know what, I need a half an hour. I need two hours to do nothing. Just everyone leave me alone and let me um, just relax. So I want people to know that it's the hardest job they'll ever do and that it becomes um, very difficult as they are in that role for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. especially if there's certain illnesses. Someone living, um, taking care of someone with dementia, as you know, that the stages are very slow. The Mm -hmm. highest risk of developing dementia is the aging process. And so they start with malcognitive disorder, but by the end, um, it they, could yeah, it could change. It for could sure. change, and it goes all the way to the end that um, they're providing 100% care to that person, and they don't get a break for five, six, seven years, and they don't get a lot of help. So let's talk about burnout. Mm, because- big topic. Yes, this is important. And if we don't finish it in this segment, we're going to move this into the next segment because it is really important. I think that's really um, very important. And I'll tell you a quick story, which I think people can understand. I uh, I went to nursing school. It was the most important thing I've ever done and the hardest thing. And I worked in a hospital for um, two years. Got very involved. People said I was so sensitive. I wanted to be the best Nancy nurse that there was. And in two years, I burnt out. I did not know the word burnt out until people um, said goodbye to me and told me what it was all about. 
Why did I not learn that in nursing school? Why did I not learn it from my my mother or and so forth? That word is something that people truly don't understand and they think, oh, they're tired. They're having a lot of trouble sleeping. They're not eating. They're gaining weight. And, oh, this suit, this will also pass. But burnout is completely different than a little bit of stress in your life. Okay, so tell us how it is different. Yeah. Well, you have a lot more um, symptoms with burnout. Um, People with burnout, they don't have a lot of support, and they become physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially really stressed out. So it's just not one problem. It's really the beating up of the body and mind because you don't have enough help, and you don't know the avenue in trying to get help. And this is something that we need to teach people that we need to take care of ourselves. Remember when you have you go on a plane and they say um, they're giving you instructions on the oxygen. <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. Put yes. the oxygen over yourself first, and then take care and of and then your... take care of um, someone else. And I remember when I heard it, and I had two of my children next to me. I mm-hmm. thought that is crazy, mm-hmm. but it is very true. If I can't help myself, then I can't support and help my children. If something happened in a plane. Exactly, exactly. We're going to talk more about caregiver burnout in our next segment. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to our Next Steps for Seniors program. Our topic today is caregiver burnout, because November, actually, National Caregiver Month, and we have with us today Vicki Clanky, who is an RN and CDP of Healthful Solutions and so knowledgeable and has cared for people for 44 years, which I think is amazing. Thank and you. we're blessed to have you and we're learning so much from you and caregivers. I just want to say, as she mentioned earlier, you almost don't even realize mm-hmm. that it's happening right. to you. And here's just the only example I can think of. When you go for a massage, before you go, you think, oh, my neck's kind of sore. I'm a little tight. This will be good. When you leave, you're like, is this what normal feels like? Because I have nowhere been nowhere near this. <laughs> you know what? It I relaxes you. Right? Uh, yeah. I think that's a great way that they have so much stress on them. And it's not just eight hours. As someone hires a caregiver, they might be there for eight hours. But someone that's a long-term caregiver um, to a loved one or maybe another family or whatever, that that is 24-hour responsibility with no breaks. And having, especially when they end up going into the hospital because they fell. And then they go into a nursing home or they go into rehab. This does not stop. It doesn't stop. It's a continuation of uh, how difficult it is for caregivers. And you might consider it a break when they're in the hospital, but you're still going to the hospital to see them. You know what? I love that you said that because a lot of people, you know, they, they do feel it's a break. They can possibly go get their hair done that they haven't colored in a year. They possibly could even go and get a manicure and pedicure, right? but they don't have time. So do they get a little excited about it? But still, they're responsible of telling the, the story of what happened, to follow their care, to make sure that they're getting things that they need. So it doesn't stop there. Right. Um, but the thing that's interesting about caregivers, um, they become accustomed, like you said, to routine stress, worry, and discomfort. They think now that this is a normal part of their life. 
And so I think it's really important that they say 70% of the family caregivers show signs of depression. And interesting enough is it's so high, but if you have a friend or someone that isn't caregiving at that time, they have 5% stress reaction. Wow. So you don't even think of about it, you know, think at it but about you, that. And you do become accustomed. I liked that word because you don't even recognize it anymore. And and usually, I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. I feel like the best way to know is to remove yourself from the situation and go do something, go shopping, go oh. to lunch, get a break. And when you're away, you're going to be like, oh, oh my gosh, this is what it feels like. Yeah. So I challenge you, um, listeners, if you're in any type of situation that Vicki's talking about, please, 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 please call my office. We can help get you respite care. We can help find a caregiver for you for a couple days. You just need a break. It's not free, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it is going to be worth it. It's worth the investment because if you look at statistics that people that are caregivers, I always worry, and it is very true, that a lot of times they will pass before the actual person they're taking care of, which is something that really brings everything to, you know, everything there in front of you. Yeah. And so if you don't take care of it and take care of yourself, you're not going to be in I got to tell a story. I think this is a good spot for this story. Before mm-hmm. we go into the symptoms, I know Absolutely. you're going to talk about all those. I had a client that called here. This was a couple years ago. And she called me and she said, I'm very concerned about my husband. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I'm exhausted. Mm. I'm absolutely exhausted and I don't know what to do. And I said, okay, tell me a little bit about, I always go to sleeping first. Yes. Right. That's a huge thing. Tell me we need sleep. a little bit about sleeping. So Are you sleeping? Is he sleeping? Okay. No one is going to believe the story when I tell you. You ready for this? Yes, I am. He was getting up in the middle of the night and leaving the house. Yes. The only way she could keep him in the home is by sleeping in front of the bedroom door on the floor. This woman was sleeping on the floor with the bedroom door shut with her husband sleeping in the bed because she was so afraid that she would fall asleep and he would get out of the bedroom. Get out of the bedroom or get out of the home even? Both. Yes. Very scary. And the thing is, I love that story because people don't realize with my mother, I was in charge and watching television and she was settled in her bed. She was later in her journey. And lo and behold, as a nurse, the next thing I know, she's looking outside. I'm looking outside the big window and my mother is out there without her walker. It was summer without her walker, and she's waving to me with a hedge trimmer in her hand. Oh, gosh. Could you only imagine how I felt? Well, guess what I did the next day? I made sure that we got an alarm in the in the house, alarm system. So, so people aren't aware of some of the things that you can do to be proactive instead of reactive, and I think that's really important. And it's a learning experience that I love to share with people. Most people say, my loved one will never wander. Oh, no. That's not the case. Well, you don't know until the day comes. That's and then right. you're like, it's too late. But listeners at Home Depot, they have a little door alarm that you can put on your mm-hmm. door. And I had one of these because I Did had you? foster children. Mm-hmm. And you put one on one side and one on the other side and you just 
push it down. And I'm telling you, every time the door opens and closes, there's a little a ding. And it's so important mm-hmm. if you have a loved one that is aged that you do that, please. It's like twenty nine ninety nine, super cheap at Home right. Depot. Go buy the little alarm. Ask the people at the desk. It is critical. Critical, critical. Okay. And that's the things that you don't um, realize as you're a caregiver. And that's why education is so important to be able to educate what's important and how to handle other situations. So what I'd like to talk about now, Wendy, is really how to recognize the signs and symptoms of caregiver burnout. So I'm just going to do a couple little notes on each of them. Number one is start thinking about what your 24-hour day looks like, and it's been crazy, crazier than normal. And you have a tendency, and you will have a tendency of short fuse. That's really losing your temper very quickly. And, and you have an inside feeling of anger toward the person you're taking care of. Usually if you're an empathetic um, caregiver, that's not the case. But you do because you're human and you can only deal with so much stress. And you have no help and you have no support. Um, The frustration may mainly increase when things are very challenging. And that's very important to know. Emotional outburst. Think about the times when you're really having a difficult time in your life. As a person, but also as a caregiver. They, you have a tendency to be angry, you cry a lot, you can't stop crying, you're overwhelmed, you're very fragile, you're showing signs of depression. And this isn't just a quick depression that oh, I'm having a couple bad days. It's for a long period of time. Um, so I think it's important that people realize this, and these are symptoms that you start taking a look at so then we can make arrangements on how to make your life easier and how to get you healthy so you can continue your job. And then other options that you can pick. There's sleep problems. Sleep is very important in repairing our brain, relaxing us, and taking care of ourselves. We find that people that are totally stressed, they have a high rate of either not eating, not taking care of themselves in that way, or eating too much and gaining weight, which there a lot of people are stress eaters. So, man, they can fill their pantry full of horrible food, and away they go. Okay, and- so is um, going to Big Boy and getting a hot fudge sundae supersize? Is that a stress eating? Because I do that whenever I'm stressed. You know what? And you know what? It's okay because you know what? Sugar increases your dopamine. Okay, so it's not but that bad. every so often, I am, I am also a Dairy Queen person when I'm stressed or cookie, but they have to be homemade. Hey, so we all I got our, get it. we all got our problems, but right. I agree with you on the comfort mm-hmm. food. I feel like you do tend to lean towards comfort food when yes. you're stressed. Yes. Or people end up losing weight because they stop eating it altogether. And sometimes I worry about them even more mm. because they're not taking any nutrition in at all. Um, number five is physical ailments. You start, like you said about the back pain, the headaches, the tight muscles, um, those are all symptoms that your body is telling you that it's overloaded. The thing that's the scariest to me, we are people that um, really need loved ones and people around. We are human beings that need to engage with each other physical and to be touch. able to support and physical touch and a lot of positive reinforcement. We're finding that people that are long-term caregivers are very isolated. And they only see that person, and they do this 24 hours a day, day after day after day. 
And the last thing is um, with caregiving, you find that there's another thing that goes is families, different personalities. And we find, I find through my experience, when you look at the whole family, a lot of times there's one people, person that will step up to the plate. But the other people will be the first one to tell you you're not doing something right, you're not providing the right care, and so forth. Okay, so we're going to talk about how to get through that situation in the next segment. Because, Vicki, I've not heard it once. I have heard it so many times. When A billion people call. times. They are the one doing everything, and their siblings are doing nothing. So I would love to have just a two-minute in the next segment, get your pencil and paper, because we're going to talk to you about how to get through that. And we're also going to share uh, Vicki's phone number when we come back. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back. Um, we promised it, that we would first give you a couple strategies if you're running into you doing everything and your siblings doing nothing. So here is my thought on that. Let me just share this. I had um, a caregiver once um, that I knew very well, and she was taking care of her husband. And he was diagnosed with uh, a type of dementia that is really difficult. It's called Lewy body dementia. It's the hardest, I think, personally, because it's very up and very down, and you never know what you're going to get. And it was very difficult on her. And she's a beautiful woman. Anyway, she said the first thing she did when her husband got diagnosed, and this is really, really important, listeners, because I think the majority of people do the opposite of what she did. I'm going to tell you what she did. She, she made a list of every single person that they engage with socially and from church that love them as a couple. Mm-hmm. She made a, a full list of them. And then she sent an email to every single person and followed up with a phone call. And she said, I am sending this email to let you know that my husband was just diagnosed with Lewy body dementia. Though he may appear completely fine to all of you now, Mm -hmm. it is going to get worse. So I would like to set up a schedule right now for every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and set a rotation for people to come over and visit with him while we still have him Mm -hmm. and um, and share, you know, coffee and I'll have lunch for you. Let me tell you, this went on for four years before this man passed away. Do you know it got, I'm, I'm tearing up because it got so bad that when they showed up, she would leave because she needed a two, two hour break, but she got two hours every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. This woman was amazing and nobody does. I mean, I'm not saying nobody, not many people do what she do. She does. You know what we do? We hide it. We're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, my husband's fine. Oh yeah. He's, yeah, he's fine. And and you try to push that as long as you can, and then all of a sudden when he's not fine, nobody right. knows, and now you're in it alone. And I totally agree with me with you. We had the same thing, a friend of ours with ALS, and we started off from the beginning, and I'll start crying, um, that we all pitched in. Yep. And we were part of that big family for probably three or four years. And you know what? I felt it was a privilege. Yes. I, I felt it was someone that I loved 
very dearly with their children that my children grew up with, with um, their families and so forth. And it was really an honor to be able to go through that and to support someone. Women are horrible people stating that they will not ask for help. That is our biggest problem. Because if somebody and calls it's me, it's everybody, but you see it more in women. If somebody calls me and you find something, I always said I must have been uh, somebody in the two, you know, uh, 100 years ago because I will send food. That's what I do, what I love. Because a meal that's delivered to someone that is taking care of a loved one, that is wonderful. Just sitting down and having a hot homemade meal. One less thing to do. And one less thing to do, which I think is very important. So let's talk about some other coping strategies that you're aware of for our caregivers. You know what? There's a lot, and I I really work on this um, frequently, and there are some great strategies out there, and there's a lot of community resources we're not even aware of. Wendy, and I know you are because this is what you do in your business, which I love, and I I think you guys do an amazing job, and thank you so much for all your hard work. But number one is is actually seeking and going to take an hour a week for counseling. Someone that you can be yourself, someone that you don't have to justify or feel bad that you're angry, tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, a very safe place for someone just to be sympathetic, empathetic, and to hold your hand and say, you know what, you're not making any of this up. You, What you're going through will probably be one of the most difficult times that you will go through. And I think that's very important that we can um, go reach out and possibly get some assistance. There's a lot of great um, support groups, the Alzheimer's support group, Parkinson's. Most of these diseases have support groups. And, you know, when you think about it, who would understand that sitting in a support group how you feel? Someone else that might be further along in their journey and you're just beginning. They are empathetic. They are very supportive, and they can share so much information to be able to help you out to make your journey a little easier and um, what's available for support and providing a lot of kindness, and um, I love those programs. And people who you can relate to Mm -hmm. and have a conversation with sometimes makes all the difference in the world. And people who've called our office, even if we don't if we're not able to move them into a community, they say, you know what? Just knowing that I have somebody is already making me feel better. Absolutely. And that you have options. Yes. Just, I just need some options. Another one, like you said about your friend and my friend, you know what? Ask friends and families to help. If they're really great friends of yours, they will bend over backwards. Even if it helps you go get your hair done and your roots dyed. Even if it's that, they will go to the grocery store for you. But the main thing is is to get you out. Get yes. you engaged. Prevent isolation that you see all the time. And I think that's really uh, important to know. The other thing is, if you are working still, there is a lot of uh, check out your company and find mm. out what kind of benefits that they might have. Supposedly, by law, we can have 12 weeks off in, to prevent 
being a caregiver for children yes or family leave um, act family leave act and i think that's a great one the thing is i've learned that let's say i have three weeks left on my vacation i have to take those three weeks um paid uh, paid before you before before you actually can go further into that i think that's a very important thing that people don't um, know about and very little people will apply for it because they're not aware of this wonderful benefit that it's that available. We yeah, it's it's sad. Um, I think too is we need to learn to listen to ourselves, our body. We need to really take some time. Go to a yoga class. Go to learn how to meditate. You can do that. Lay on your bed and just close your eyes. And the more you practice, the better you'll be. And deep breathing is another good one. Oh, you're absolutely right. Because when we're stressed out, we breathe. Short. Um, that's short, way up in the chest. To really breathe, you want to be able to breathe from your abdomen because that will reduce the stress hormone cortisol. And that pe- we do not learn how to do it. And so this is something. Maybe you should breathe today. <laughs> She's uh, excited tell- about something. She's moving <laughs> forward for tomorrow. And um, like all of us, we come in in a, a fit of craziness. There is something about breathing deep. Yes. It is. 100% slows everything down. Sometimes and- a glass of wine might help. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are not promoting alcohol on this show. No, we are not. Um, but listeners, this is good information. I think this this topic is so near and dear to my heart because there are so many people struggling. Absolutely. And, you know... There's a way that we can look at somebody and say, you know what? Let me let me get you out for a couple of. When mm-hmm. you see the stress on someone's face, mm-hmm. there is some like an intercession that needs to happen. You have to and, intervene. Yes, yes. In very much, and being sometimes out, uh, assisting them, encouraging them, and then really sometimes putting them against the wall and say, "You've got to go. I planned this. We're going out to lunch. We're going to do this." I'll pick you up at a certain time. They don't have to think about anything. And we're going to go out for two hours, and we're going to have fun together. Also, you want to make sure that you connect with your doctor and continue to talk to him. A lot of times they can assist you, maybe with some medication if needed, because you're having such a hard time. And you know what? That's okay. And I think it's important. Find yourself in exercising. It's a season. I want to add that too. Mm-hmm. It's a season. So, you know, don't hesitate if whatever it takes to get through this season, if it's a counselor, if it's, you know, medication, right. something to get you through the season, um, I, I, you know, you've got to, you've, and you've, and most importantly, I'm just going to add this. I feel like prayer is the number one thing that can get you through the season. Mm. I really believe strongly that God is right there with you. You might feel alone, but I know that if you reach out to him and listen, he will be right there guiding you. So I just want to encourage our listeners of that too. I feel like we may not rely on him as much, right? We may be leaning on, we got one more segment Mm -hmm. after this, but we may be leaning on others when we can lean on him too. So I just want to encourage you listeners, if you know of somebody who's taking care of a loved one, they seem exhausted, do me a favor, show up one day, just show up mm-hmm. and be like, I'm here to give you a break. Absolutely. Can you imagine what that would be like for somebody? That's like, you know, someone's making my day and I'm one happy camper. And then pay it forward. 
It's Pay an it act forward of, is my belief. It's an act I of agree. kindness. And then that person's going to do it for somebody else, for somebody else. And then before you know it, the world is a better place. And you know what? That's really interesting you say that because you know what? It doesn't take much to smile at someone, thank them, recognize that they're working very hard. Uh, listening, just listening to them will um, assist them. Exactly. Oh, we'll be back in just a moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to our program on caregivers. Caregivers are near and dear to our heart. They do so much for us. Uh, They care so much for their loved ones. And we're here for you today. We are here, Vicki Clanky and I are here today talking to our caregivers. It is really, really important Um, that you understand what the Mm -hmm. resources that are available to you, the signs and the symptoms of stress and what you can do about it and how to get your family involved. You absolutely 100% need a village. You cannot do this alone. And like I mentioned earlier, leaning on God as a support as well. So I would love um, Vicki to share her information. So grab your pen and paper. She is going to give you her phone number, her website, all the ways to get in touch with her uh, so you can ask questions and maybe get involved in some of her programs. Well, thank you, Wendy. I really appreciate it. Um, My uh, email address is Vicki, B-I-C-K-I, at helpful, H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L, solutions, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S dot net. My website is helpful, H-E-A-L-T-H-F-U-L, solutions, S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N dot net. And I would be more than glad to assist you if you're interested in some community resources. Possibly, these I have so many great programs that you can um, actually um, maybe have a program at your church. Maybe have a program at your work. I have developed probably 25 programs, and I definitely have passion for my next two that I'm doing um, this next couple of weeks. But my telephone number is 586-747-3439. Okay, that's 586-747-3439 if you would like to get a hold of Vicki because, as you know, she's a wealth of knowledge. She is there to support you. And yes, we, Next Steps for Seniors, are going to partner with Vicki and do a program for all of our radio listeners that you can come in and be a, a participant. So this is an opportunity. I'm not sure the dates and times yet, but we will get those to you because we care about our caregivers and we want to make sure that you are okay so that the one you're caring for is okay. So we're going to move into community resources. Mm-hmm. You've got lots of those. So I hopefully get your pen and paper. Lots ready. of them. Um, and there's some really good books out there. So next time, um, if I can um, give you books or maybe Wendy can have some of the books yep. here. We'll have them available and for you. That's Absolutely. perfect. So I, I want to give you a scenario. And this is a scenario that I've seen for the last 45 years. Um, the woman is, the, the wife is taking care of her husband. He gets up, he falls. He hits his head. He goes to the hospital. The hospital, after three or four days, they can't keep him a long time. And so he's fine, but he's going to need rehab because he had a fracture. 
but they're not going to be able to do surgery. They transfer them to rehab, and people don't realize that uh, the social workers are telling them that they have 30 days to 60 days to be at the rehab facility. But because of insurance, such as Medicare, they are discharged earlier because possibly that person cannot do physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, and they have to show that they're continuing to move forward in order to continue those services. So I think that is something that people are not aware of, and it's something that's very important. So what I want to do is if they discharge people from a rehab, that there's a lot of different communities, um, community services that are available to you. Um, but it's not just from rehab. It's really assistance that you need in the home. So number one is um, companion care, or it's called private duty. And, and what that is is you can actually hire someone to come into your home and assist you in caregiving. And I'll tell you, it's worth the investment. Check out if you have long-term insurance. Um, you might find someone in your community or your church that that's what they do, and it might be less expensive, which I think is important. So really start asking around of who you could possibly hire to assist you in the home. What I do not suggest is to pick up somebody's name from the newspaper or somebody calls you unless you have a referral. That's very important. The next thing is... um, Uh, a personal assistant, someone that's going to go and get the medication, help you clean your home, help you go grocery shopping, taking some of that burden off to you. One of the third, the third one is I love the program PACE. I've, I've never, I just recently did a tour and they have many of them in our area and it provides comprehensive medical and social services to certain frail older adults and that are still living in the community in which they serve. And the amount of involvement that they have, it's, it's amazing. Um, they usually have dual insurance, Medicaid and Medicare. They have adult daycare, dentistry, emergency services, home care, hospital care, lab, meals, PTOT, social work, prescription drugs, nutritional counseling. Everything that you need, that you need a break to take someone to a daycare or um, to assist, bottom line is they're doing it all under one roof. It is the craziest, best thing that I've ever seen. It is a fabulous program. Mm-hmm. Um, the You the, you do have to qualify for Absolutely. it, though. And so, listeners, I want you to know that. And you feel free to call our office to get the PACE information, um, and we can share it with you. We've got four minutes left in the program. We oh, my talked, gosh. We don't we have enough time. We talked about a lot of yes. information, but I want you to focus on what the most important takeaways, and if there's any other last-minute things you want to share with people, uh, before we close. And some people might just be tuning in, and that's why I'm asking about, you know, what are the most important things to remember? I think one of the, the main things that I want people to remember, number one, is you're an amazing person that is providing care. And you have a passion for it, but I really, truly want to make sure that you make yourself number one. Put the oxygen on yourself because you're not going to be helpful to someone that you're caring for. Number two is, ladies especially, is that um, you need to ask for help. You need to possibly do a schedule. You get your children involved. You get your church involved. Um, this is very important. The, and then neighbors, in the future, neighbors, siblings, absolutely. distant relatives, everybody. And bottom line is, in the future, you have gone through this, 
And then it's time for you to pay it forward and give that gift to someone else. Very, very important. Um, Start, you know, call Next Step for Seniors. They have a lot of community resources. They have a lot of contacts. And they do a fabulous job because, you know what, there is a time, and I think this is probably one of my most important, there might be a time you can no longer take care of your loved one. There is nothing wrong with finally having to make some decisions. Is it tough? Absolutely. We were two weeks from moving my mom into uh, assisted living, or really it was memory care. And it was difficult on one sister and probably would never have talked to me again for that decision. Fortunately, it was a blessing. She passed away and we didn't have to make that decision. But there's a point that we can no longer keep that pace up and we don't have the support. And there's some amazing places that provide care. And then you can actually not be a caregiver. You can be a wife. You can be a daughter. You can be a son. And you can actually spend quality Quality. time with them. Is it quality or quantity? Make it quality time. I cannot echo that enough. My Mm -hmm. takeaways are absolutely very similar. Time is is a gift. And you would rather be, if you can, if you have the means, you would rather be a daughter or a son to mm-hmm. your parent than be a caregiver. And I Absolutely. highly recommend, and you can be there and you can enjoy them and you can do all the things that you've always done and you can have someone else help them with their shower or their meal or you know, getting dressed and it'll take the stress off of you. So I just encourage you listeners, this is a time to really evaluate where you are, um, what your loved ones want. Vicki has an amazing program, um, the conversation project. And that's something that I think is really critical too, because you want to talk to your loved ones about end of life care. What is it they want? How do they want that? What do they want that to look like? Have these conversations. If you need to go to your parents now before they're they're maybe ill and say, hey, I just heard this radio program and, and I want to talk about it. The Conversation Project is an amazing project. It's been going on for about 12 years and I just learned about it for about a year and a half ago. I have such a passion because people are not talking to their loved ones, asking them what they want. You know, not just, I don't want CPR, I don't want ventilation, I don't want a tube feeding. It's what do I want? Who do I want around? Is it quality of life versus quantity of life? Get that information why they can still share it with you. It is so important, and it's hard the first time, but I promise you, you'll get better as you do it. Amen. And you're listening to The Patriot FM 101.5, AM 1400. Go make a difference. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. The preceding program was sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.